Welcome back to the Surish Podcast. In the last episode, we heard how people were traveling to Anandpur Sahib to settle in the area of Guru Ka Lahore, to conduct business there, and to attend the wedding of Guru Gobind Singh. Chapter 11 now begins describing how Guru Gobind Singh performed all the traditions, the ritual practices of the time, making his mother and grandmother so happy. They all prepared the supplies for the wedding, purchasing and bringing in whatever they needed. At that point, the Khatri of the Supikhi clan, he sent a shagan to the Guru's family. A Brahmin and a Nai, a priest and a barber brought these gifts to the family. They were kept in a nice residence and were given great amounts of delicious food and drinks. The exalted Mata Gujri, hearing of the gifts arriving, was so happy there, she called the astrologer and she said to him, Think of a great time so we can anoint my son with a mark on his forehead. The Brahmin then said, Prepare for the morning of the fifth, but realize your son is the very source of all happiness. All the devtas, the demigods, the divine beings are subservient to him. The very name of the Guru is the destroyer of obstacles, which fulfills all desires. Mata Gujri heard this. There was no shortage of excitement she was feeling. She sent the news to everybody, calling all the people from Kiritpur. So many women of the city were getting together, singing songs in all sorts of manners, playing instruments in front of the Guru's residence, looking so beautiful. It was night now, and all the attractive, stunning women were there. Some were dancing, some were clapping. Mata Gujri paid respects to all of them. From her mouth, she spoke so softly. She said, today, I am a sacrifice to you all. All the women are so happy at my son's wedding. Then she ordered tons of sweets. She gave them out to everybody, making everybody happy. Then the beautiful next morning arose, arising such bliss in everybody's heart. All the young women were called, adorning such stunning clothes and jewelry. One of them had such beautiful sounding tolki, a drum, like the source of happiness it was being played, letting off such delightful notes. Other women had small drums, there were flutes as well. These women were wearing brand new clothes, their voices were like nightingales. They gathered in small groups. They were overflowing in excitement and bliss, singing in celebration, reciting boliyan. Mata Guji, understanding these all to be such great blessings, understanding them to be auspicious congratulations, she was blown away in bliss, in an indescribable happiness. Ears were filled with such sounds of instruments. Wherever you went in Anandpur Sahib, glorious celebrations were taking place. The women were wearing subtle, thin, crimson-dyed clothing, accented with elegant jewelry, with sweet voices. Their complexion looked like magnolia flowers. They were women singing out swears as well. This is a tradition called Sirtaniya, comedic, light-hearted, fun songs, teasing the wedding party, done in good spirit and fun. At that point, Mata Guji called her son and the Brahmin who went to call the Guru, told him about the plan. Guru Gobind Singh took his uncle, Mama Kurpaljan, and his cousin, Sangosha, with him and approached his mother, Mata Gujri. They set up the sandalwood stool there, and then they requested Guru Gobind to sit on that stool for the ceremony. The Brahman brought the different offerings and a plate to the Guru, and as he deemed appropriate, conducted all the ceremonies and rituals. Then they anointed the Guru's forehead with a mark, a tikka, which looked glorious, and then placed some rice as well on the Guru as part of the ceremony. This whole scene, the Guru's black hair, the white rice, 
the yellow dikka, the dilak on his forehead look like a mythological scene of Rahu, mythologized as a celestial body which causes eclipses. Rahu has eight black horses attached to his chariot and the black horses are compared to the Guru's black hair which were eating up the moon, the white moon being the comparable to the rice and the water, the amrit that was poured on the Guru's head is taking that white rice the pieces of the moon into the yellow tilak on the forehead. This being associated with Vrahaspati, Jupiter. This goes back to a story according to astrology when Rahu comes into the house of the moon then the moon goes into the house of Jupiter and that's the metaphor the poet is using here. So when the Brahmin gave the Guru a laddu to eat to finalize the ceremony everybody just erupted in excitement. All the women got together singing songs, looking beautiful. They were a sacrifice to the Guru. Sounds of happiness arose. Bards began singing poetry. Bacabbage drums were being played. Many tambourines were being played as well. And with great enthusiasm, skilled musicians were beautifully performing these songs. Large drums mounted on camels were being played. Such a deep bellow resonated clean throughout the city. It was as if celebration itself was manifested there and tied up here so it would stay in the Guru's house. So it wouldn't leave. On both sides of the Guru, there was a whisk, a chor being waved. It looked as if two large swans were flying around the Guru's head. At that point, the Purohot Dayaram of the Guru's house got up to handle all the gifts of the wedding party. He got a lot of dried fruit, laddus. He got permission from the Guru. He then distributed these out to everybody. First, he went to the Masans, the leaders of the congregation. Then he went to the Sikhs, to all the singing women there. He distributed them as well. These women who were singing and celebrating uh, the festivities of the wedding. The gifts, the sweets were distributed to everybody there. Everybody received large amounts of dried fruit, laddus. And in happiness, Mama Kripalachan gave out great amounts of money to the homeless, the needy there in Nandpur as well along with the Brahmins who all recited great blessings and praise of the Guru. They were saying things like, Long live the pinnacle of the Sodhi clan, the master of the Guru's seat, wearing the beautiful turban, the great son of Guru Tegh Bahadur, who enjoyed the world yet was a renunciate, whose moon-like radiant glory has risen so high, who had come to protect the Thadam of the Hindus in this world. Hearing such praise, Mata Guruji was so happy, giving out charity to everybody in need, also, she showered money over her son. She was drenched in love for her son, just looking at the Guru. They performed all the traditions and the cultural customs as they were. And then Guru Gobind Singh, the master of the world, went back to his residence. They prepared all the supplies, getting all the sweets and butter ready. They gave the Brahmins money before bidding them farewell, giving them all the great gifts before they left. They then called the people from the Bedi clan as well. The Bedi clan being the lineage of Guru Nanak, the men came along with their wives. The Masans also came to call the Trehan clan. So this is Guru Angadevji's lineage. They respectfully requested their attendance as well and they arrived. The Pala clan as well, Guru Amardachi's was called as well. They all came with the women folk. And as was appropriate, they were all given residence in the beautiful homes to live in. The Masans of both domestic and far off lands heard the calls and they happily arrived in Anandpur Sahib as well. The men and women from Kirithpur who were coming to stay there in Nandpur Sahib arrived in such excitement. There was such congestion now. People seeing the new Lahore were shocked. They were all amazed. 
an equivalent-sized market was constructed. Countless traders were conducting business there. People were making all sorts of food. They were placed in the stores, and their people were purchasing them and eating them there. Now here in Guruka Lahore, all the women were getting together and singing, swearing at each other, <laughs> performing the sitchniya. The ecstatic women were dancing in gusto and gathering together. They were clapping together. Whatever the customs the family had, the long-standing customs, traditions, they did that in great happiness, passing the days in this manner. In that marketplace, they started naming the different markets after the people who resided there. So one was called Sarhand Bazaar, the second was called Hirshiarpur Bazaar, the third was called Ropur Bazaar, the fourth was called the Lahore Market or Bazaar. And seeing all these separate markets together, it looked so extravagant. With enthusiasm in their heart, they started conducting business there, some taking money from the Guru's house to make this happen. Earning profit, they were all praising the Guru, saying, Blessed, blessed is the great, capable, powerful Guru Gobind Singh. These people had fabrics of all different colors, creating different clothing for the people made out of silk. The maternal uncle of Guru Gobind Singh, Mama Kripalachan, he was supervising all the business taking place there in Guru Kalahor. He would look and watch over all the people in the, from the villages and the cities. He would sit there and handle all the administrative requirements. In the marketplace, they were dyeing fabrics of all sorts of colors. There were people of all sorts there, and there was great congestion. They were making great amounts of saddles and fabrics that would go under the saddle there for the horses. These were made out of fine velvet fabric with gold and silver embroidery on the edges. There were shops there, many of them. Everybody was engaged in business there and trade. There were many jewelers there as well, selling gold and silver jewelry. They had stalls, tents, curtains, all separating the different businesses, all the different stalls. And people were selling staffs, pots, pitchers, plated with gold. There are various kinds. Even fireworks were prepared there. Fireworks of all sorts, of many kinds. Some exploded and it looked like flowers in the sky. They had other fireworks which they placed in pinatas, basically pinatas which looked like large elephants and horses. They filled them up so it would explode. They had fireworks which looked like flames, others like chandeliers. All sorts of fireworks were there. How could one count all the people in the city now? Men and women just filled up Guru Kalahor. Such a celebration would last for an entire month. And this is what the Guru said. The celebration would last this long, instruments would be played, songs would be sung, wherever people in the city got together, they would enjoy themselves. Then, the day of the wedding approached. And every day, Mata Gujri would organize different festivities. Dolki drums, bells, ankle bells, clapping, all of these were making noise as the women danced and spun around. Day and night, these festivities occurred. Men and women watching them had such happiness arise within their heart. This is how chapter 11 concludes. In the next chapter, we're going to hear of the wedding of Guru Goma Singh, so stay tuned for that. That's what we'll pick up next time. But we'd like to thank those who have been supporting the podcast through the Mangla Charan Patreon page. I'm
ਭਾਜਣਾ ਪਾ ਕੇ ਆਉਣਗੇ ਗੁਰਾਂ ਦੇ ਪਿਆਰੇ ਜੀ ਕੌਣ ਕੇ ਜਿਕਾਰੇ ਗੱਜ ਕੇ ਜਿਕਾਰਾ ਆਵੇ ਨਾਲ ਹ